my name is India Rios, and this is Randy Leaf, and we are the creators, founders, and co-hosts of The Dripless, period. talking about Lil Uzi Vert and his issues he's been having with his record label. Um, so this is going this discussion is going to kind of bring in a few different topics that we're going to talk about regarding uh, record labels, regarding your contracts, regarding um, choosing your options involved. So whether it's signing with a record label is the right move for you, or maybe you should go the independent route. We're kind of just going to talk about a few different things um, that all are kind of being brought up in and that you situation. should be aware of, especially yeah. if you're an up and coming artist. I think one of the things she has just said was that um, all of the things that we're about to talk about all of the contracts that were signed, they took place when nobody knew who he was. Mm-hmm, exactly. So he had absolutely no fame. He was building his little buzz for himself, mm-hmm. which is usually when the vultures come in. Exactly. <laughs> so yep. that's just something to think about. That's usually when it happens. And but. which is when you need to be considering a lot of these issues because that's when you're going to be placed in, you know, signing these deals that are going to end up having long-term effects um, on your ability to be creative and to do what you want to do. So basically what's going on here is that Lil Uzi signed a record uh, record deal with Generation Now in 2015, which is led by Don Cannon and DJ Drama. And so the label basically... Um, picked up Lil Uzi when he was kind of in his early stages on SoundCloud and, you know, was believed in him, signed him, and then dropped, uh, I think, like, three or four uh, commercial mixtapes. And then Lil Uzi, as, under that label, um, started What's working on his... What's a commercial mixtape? Basically a mixtape for sale. Okay. A yeah. commercial mixtape. So is that mm-hmm. like an EP? Yeah. An EP yeah. would be an equivalent mm-hmm. to a commercial mixtape? Yeah. Okay. Like so a then, mixtape backed by a label. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So then, and not only backed by, but like authorized by the label. So it's not just like the the artists out here just making their mixtape and dropping it because, you know, the fans want something. It's them making the mixtape and then dropping it through the label. Okay. Um, so as uh, under that agreement, under the 2015 record deal, he started working on his first album. But then shortly thereafter, you start hearing, you know, on Twitter, he's making some comments and stuff and posts about the fact that his album's been done and the label, Generation Now, is just not releasing it. So he's having, like, fans asking, like, you know, where's the album at? Well, you know, we want to hear the album. Where's the album? Yeah, he's, he's out here just talking about, well, it's done. They're just not letting me drop it. Which I feel like this is a common situation. Yeah, this, this happens. This happens. Yeah pretty frequently like and so here there's you know two different type of things that really could come up on this so one um which we'll talk about first is the fact that when you enter into a record deal with these big labels or with a label in general um outside of the independent label type of scene you're basically signing away your rights to the to your music so you're signing away your copyrights to the music so every time you make a song anytime you're producing anything creating anything under that record label deal the label now owns those records which is yeah. kind of what when people talk about oh um j-lo just got back her masters or rihanna just bought her masters back or chris brown got his masters back or beyonce got their masters back that's what they're talking about they're talking about the fact that they just got back the rights to the copy the copyrights to their music so now they can exploit them sell them put them license them 
um, do whatever they want on their own. Okay? And I think that's this is a good point to say too, just to be very clear here in case you didn't know, but you should know, creation does not equal ownership. Exactly. Just because you created the material doesn't mean that you own it. So while Lil Uzi may have been the sole mind behind the beat, the music, the song, he could have put this whole thing together. It could be a one man show. He could have created all of this stuff. That doesn't make him the owner. If he's already signed away the rights to mm -hmm. these materials and, you know, they're paying for studio time yep. sessions, X, Y, Z, mm -hmm. which is making it a valid situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just because you create it doesn't mean that you own it. So that's something that you need to be cognizant of when you're getting into these agreements and you're signing these deals. Yeah. And so one of those things that you want to think about when you're signing these deals is one, whether or not you are assigning them the right. So for instance, like you'd have terms like um, under this agreement, any, any and all things that you create are the are owned by the label, right? You want to make sure that you know and you understand that that is the type of agreement you're getting into or the length of time in which the label will own it. So for instance, um, and this is something that you will typically not be able to do as a smaller artist, but as you grow in reputation, as you grow your, um, your name, you'll be able to have more bargaining power when you get into negotiations with your labels. And so that's when you want to start thinking about things like, oh, I want to, you know, I'm okay with having you guys own it for a certain number of years, but after year X, I get back my masters. Like I get back the right to do that. That the ownership transfers right back to me. So you want to be thinking about that and having those conversations with your attorney so that when you actually are writing into these agreements that you're aware of that type of that type of instance where you can you're not always left without um without a lifeline or recourse or recourse. A route yeah, that you could exactly. Take. Um the other issue though as India had brought up when we discussed this earlier is that the situation that Lil Uzi's in where they're not releasing his work can also fall under another type of clause in the recording contracts, which comes under the album life cycle. So do you want to kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So a lot of times, um, a lot of these contracts that record labels and stuff and people get into, they're not for like a set number of years. They're for a set number of albums or a set number of mixtapes, or they could be using the word album interchangeably with mm -hmm. mixtape and you need to know, do mixtapes constitute Count, yeah. deliverance of albums? Mm -hmm. But you need to be aware of what the life cycle is or what the record label was planning as the life cycle. So you might spend a whole bunch of time in the studio creating this beautiful masterpiece. And as soon as you're done recording it, you're ready to drop it. Mm -hmm. But the label hasn't promoted it yet. They haven't marketed it yet. They haven't cleared samples for it yet. They have all these things that they have to do because they're trying to rev up and ramp up your release mm -hmm. so that people are excited, people are waiting for it, and people are going to buy it. Exactly. As soon as it touches And them. that's the big point because the label at the end of the day is a business. So as an artist, you're, you know, focused on creating and expressing and doing what you do as an artist. But the label's primary objective is exploiting the copyrighted material. Absolutely. That is what they're here money. for. money. <laughs> like, period. Done. And so you have to keep that in mind is that these album cycles are all about making sure that they are able to exploit the copyrighted material to the best ability as possible. And that's the reason why they have this cycle because mm -hmm. they do want to make sure that marketing and all the rest of that stuff is in place. But I think that what you need to be cognizant of as an artist is one, 
the cycle mm-hmm. and exactly how long the cycle is, right? So when you should be expecting for things to be ready to release and when things should begin released. And then another thing that you should be cognizant of is what exactly constitutes a breach on behalf of the label of the contract. Yeah. So in this situation, from what we've read so far, it seems like the label is well within its rights to withhold this material from the general public. However, there is another um, interesting little twist where Lily is also claiming that the re- one of the reasons why his second album hasn't been released yet is because apparently he had like some relationship with one of the record labels uh, record label owner's girlfriend or something like that and so you know a potential thing could be whether or not that constitutes a breach of the contract you know so is that some is that something that was considered when they were writing it um whether or not the label has an obligation to make efforts to release the music whether or not they have a specific time frame in which they have to release the music which doesn't appear as the case here which is why he's you know really been getting on it about it exactly and a quick little side note something that i learned when i was in the navy i'll never forget my first chief ever he told me this do not stick your pen in company ink okay so that's something else like don't let some personal stuff get in between you and your bag mm-hmm. okay if you know that this is the boss's lady or whatever it's just way too many women out here and that's the same thing for females yeah if you know like why would you mess with your boss's man and even if it's not like, messing you know, with your bag yeah. but even if it's not even like a you know a sexual type of thing like yeah. just like period point blank if you know that might if you know that might cause perception problem, is key yeah, if this could huge. be perceived yeah. as then you was on some it. disrespect especially it really ain't worth your, your wow especially somebody who you know you should already know in life where you are to know that you were in an inferior bargaining position mm-hmm. when you signed this contract, you would have signed away a lot of things that had your bargaining position been different, you probably would have never been willing to give away. Absolutely. So you need to know who you are and you need to be aware and realistic about your position on the totem pole. Yeah. And I feel like if he was, because this is speculation, if he was doing that, that was a bad business move. Mm-hmm. And you got to be about your business. I know it's so easy to be wrapped up in being an artist, but you got to be on the business side too. And Absolutely. if you're not going to be on the business side or you know that you really don't have the capability for that, you need to be aware of it and you need to hire people who do. A business manager. Yeah, somebody yeah. who only going to be thinking about business. Which, yeah, which moves us into kind of the third thing that we wanted to talk about in this episode was how to know whether or not a big label is the route to go for you or maybe an independent route is where, where you're going to be able to have more success um, or success at all, right? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people look at, you know, what happens with the label contracts and see this type of situation and they immediately think like, oh, Labels are terrible. They're not what you want to go to, you know, stay away from labels. They're all evil. But at the end of the day, like labels do serve a purpose. And that is making money off of music. And they have the resources to back artists. They have the analytics to be able to tell, okay, well, this is when we need to drop something. This is what people are buying. This is what someone needs to look like. This This is your market. Yeah. These These are are the people we want to target. These are the cities we need to tour in. Um, they ha- and they can then create the tours, the merchandising, give you studio time, have the uh, the promotion. They have the resources to do all of that. And as the artist, you're only left with creating, right? So like your sole job is to go into the studio and make your music. But that definitely comes with some, you know, with some baggage there, which is that one, you're selling away your right to your music. Everything um, you get, you give. Exactly. And then the second is that, 
when you sell away the right to your music, you're selling away the control to your music, right? So the label is now able to say, okay, well, we don't want to drop this and we own the rights to the music. And so it won't get dropped. And if you do, you as the creator of that song can get sued for copyright infringement. Like you can get sued for that stuff because and breach a contract. Being the creator doesn't make you the owner. Exactly. So you could have created an entire body of work and then you could be sued for breach of co- for copyright mm-hmm. infringement by your own label. Yep. For per- putting out the work in the music or whatever you created that they own. Yep. Because Absolutely. they're the ultimate controllers of when it's allowed. And that's why you need to be cognizant and aware of what exactly constitutes a breach on your behalf. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when you're going into these deals and you're signing these paperwork or whatever, the thing that's at the forefront of your mind is like, oh, well, how long is the contract? Mm-hmm. Or how many? And you shouldn't even be thinking about it in the sense of how long it is. How many album cycles are we talking yeah. about? What constitutes albums? Who decides if an album is ready to be put out? Who yeah. says these songs are going to be hits? Mm-hmm. Who's the person who makes that decision? Because you could be like, I love these 15 songs. These are the 15 songs for the album. And they could be like, no, we liked one, seven, six, nine, and four, but the rest of them we're going to scrap. Or we even just more the, music. Yeah. Or even just the amount of control you have over what is what makes the album, right? So they can either choose, okay, well, we only like these songs, or you could have a type of contract that says, as long as it's good, you know, like a in in terms of defining the contract good, then it's released, then it has to be released, or they have full control over the quality of the actual music in terms of, oh, we don't like this, this doesn't meet our standards, period, and you have to go back to the studio and correct this verse here. Or you have to go back to the studio and we don't like the underlying track, so we need you to do a different track on that one. Or we don't like the sample there. Um, or it needs or we to get can't get mastered. the sample yeah, clear. Exactly. So this got to come off. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It could be a whole bunch of different things that they could have a final say so on. And another thing, like I said, is you all the time, you might be thinking about how long is this contract or this, that, and the third. But what you really need to be thinking about is... What are they required to do? Mm-hmm. What is their what are their responsibilities? Yeah. What are they required to do? How many days after I deliver this album to them do they have to put it out by? Yeah. Like, and those are things that you could negotiate in, or you could at least negotiate some clear terms for breach. Which brings me to like the biggest point here um, is that if you find yourself in a situation where you're being approached by a label to sign a deal, you should absolutely be consulting with a music or entertainment law, but specifically a music law attorney. So they can really be on your side and negotiating those terms because music attorneys know that industry. They know what they're talking about. They know what type of terms are, um, to look out for. For instance, you'll have terms that are looking to recoup losses um, on hard copy yeah, CDs when that we only don't have digital, anymore. Yeah, when you're yeah. only doing digital streams and digital downloads, which makes no sense. Or when you have um, just different terms that come up that have are really outdated that no longer serve a purpose, but labels just keep in their standard contracts because if nobody says anything about it, why take it out? But a music attorney will know about that. So definitely seek out actual representation by a music attorney when you're getting a, going through that process so they can negotiate the, ter- the best terms for you in that instance and so that they can make sure they're looking out for what's going on in your contract and explain it to you in a way that you really understand that you feel comfortable is the right move for you. Yeah, so let's be clear. So like that criminal defense attorney who got your friend off so XYZ, that's the not one. the lawyer mm-hmm. who need to be reviewing your contracts. No. Not even the lawyer who wrote your grandma's will, 
that's not the lawyer who probably should be reviewing your contracts. And I'm not trying to limit their abilities or say that they don't have any capabilities because, you know, we're like geniuses. <laughs> so obviously we can do anything. But you want a specialist. Yeah. It's like if if your radiator is broken, you're not going to go to somebody who specializes plumbing. in plumbing. You know what I mean? Or, mm-hmm. or if the electricity is messed up, you're not going to have a carpenter come. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to hire the appropriate person. So yeah. you need to make sure that you get an appropriate person. And if you're in a position where somebody ready to sign a piece of paper with you and put some money in your hand, even if you don't have no money in your pocket already, there's a lawyer somewhere waiting patiently who does this, who's going to be more than happy to take his 5% of your sign-on bonus after the fact, after the deal is settled Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. So there's a way around not having upfront capital. Yeah. Also look into, you know, organizations such as if you're in Chicago, Lawyers for Creative Arts, who offer pro bono or free representation on certain situations. Um, So look at, just really keep in mind that you don't always have to um, pay like an hourly rate or a, um, a retainer fee. There are different ways in which you can get representation that fit within your budget. But you have to look for those. You have to keep your mind open um, and be open to communicate with the attorney that you want about what you have and what you're looking at, right? So then that brings us into the last part, which is about, so say the record label is not the move you want to do, right? You don't feel comfortable signing away your entire album, your entire catalog, really, um, or anything you make in the future. You really want to have control of your work. You really crave the artistry and being able to do what it is that you want as an artist. Then maybe being an independent artist is the route to go for you. It might be. There are certain things you definitely have to think about when you're doing that, right? So um, we want to kind of just run down some, in terms of like the business side of it. Like what is it that artists need to think about when they're trying to make that decision? I think that when you're trying to decide whether you're going to go indie or whether you're trying to get with a big label, I think that you should be thinking about one, what do you think they're, what do you realistically think that the trajectory of your career is? Mm-hmm. Are you really super talented? Have you built a buzz by yourself? Why do I feel like I sound like a messy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. Are you really talented? Have you built a buzz by yourself? Do people know you? <laughs> Are you a regional talent? Or do people know you outside of your local area? You know, yeah. like you have to think about stuff like that. So I think that a really good example of this is somebody like Chance the Rapper. He's a really super talented person. He was able to build a really strong buzz for himself on his own. And he was able to make things happen for himself on his own. Another great example, older example, Master P. Mm-hmm. You know, they was able to come out with No Limit Records and all the rest of that stuff out of their trunk. Mm-hmm. But that's because the talent was there. So because the talent was there, people were drawn to the music. People were drawn to the movement. People wanted to be a part yeah. of it. They wanted to support. If you don't have that, you don't have that level of talent and you know that you need a lot of grooming, a lot of songwriters, a lot of people behind you bringing your image to life and stuff. You might need a label. You might need to make some concessions. But another point to make, though, is that, for instance, Chance didn't make it on his own. It was also the team around him. And you need to get you a team in place. And so if you don't have a team around you, if you don't have the ability to build a team around you, we don't just mean, like, you know, your friends from, you know, high school, your friends from whatever. No, somebody who's good with business management. Somebody who can get your show on the road. Mm -hmm. Somebody who know people at radio. Somebody who know people at iTunes, Spotify, wherever, that's going to be able to kind of help you on the back. A connected a studio, yeah. a sound engineer, you know, like all like stuff. You're, you're yeah. gonna need all these little pieces. If you have a good, if you a ground pounder mm-hmm. and you about your business and you don't have no problem pulling up on people, telling them, listening to your music, asking people for help, telling them 
you trying to connect, build your team X, Y, Z, and you straight up and you know you're trying to do straight up business, then yeah, you should move forward like that. Yeah. Like, or if you're someone like me, for instance, because India, that's India all the way through. For me, not so much. You know, I'm more of an introvert, but I connect with people like India who then do that for me. You know, so like if you are someone who's able to say like, hey, like I realize that's not for me, but I have, you know, I have a manager who does that. I, you know, I've, I have someone else who does that for me, who's willing, who's going to go and hit the ground running and get all these connects for me. Then that also might be an option for you. But if you're not someone who one has access to those type of people around you, yeah. you know, or, or you're it, not going to yeah. go out of your way to, to create yeah. those people around exactly. you. Exactly. So that's the thing. I think, yeah, using drip is a perfect example because mm-hmm. I feel like Randy is very strong and technical technical creation and designs and layouts and stuff. And that's, and that's great. And I let Mm -hmm. her do all of that. (laughs) I don't, I don't ask for any, I don't really have much of anything to say about website creation or, or any of that. But when it comes to like this marketing, pushing our business to other people, putting our cards in hands, Mm -hmm. you know, getting people to get on our website. I'm the person to stand up on the CTA and say, Hey guys, I have a podcast. I would love it if you check it out. It's yeah. at dot. Like, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not, I'm, I'm here for this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's my thing. Connecting with people, reaching out to people, that's my thing. So you just need to know and be realistic about what your thing is. Yeah. If your thing is creating awesome music, awesome beats, awesome art, awesome fashion, whatever the case may be, then go ahead and focus on that. But make sure that you get the people around exactly. you and that's the to focus thing. on all the rest of the yeah. stuff. And so if you don't think that that is something that you will be able to do, that you have the ability or the willingness to do, right? So, I mean, like, maybe that's just not something you're interested in doing. Maybe you just want to let somebody else run the run the show, you know? Yeah. Then the label is, you know, might be the better option for you. But if you really value having creative control over your work, being able to really get into that, then if you do go the label route, you have to be very particular about who it is that you're signing with, making sure that you're checking their track record, that you're yeah. talking to other artists. What are, what are people who say, who yeah. on the label saying? Because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, if a person got a team full of people that's unhappy, it's a reason. Yep. If you got a whole roster of artists, that shit was like, I'll give you a prime example, not to be awful or Uzi. But I feel like whenever I hear something about somebody suing Cash Money Records, oh, yeah. the first thing mm-hmm. that comes to my mind is somebody keeping somebody money mm-hmm. because they know for that. Yeah. You know, I didn't, it's been too many disputes with people not getting their check. Which reminds me of like the Blueface instance that we yeah. kind of which we touched on on our Instagram. Yeah. Where, you know, he signed a deal and hadn't even read the deal. He don't even know who he signed to. Yes. You got to talk to Wack. Yes. By the time you signed your name, Mm-hmm. Some you signed your ownership away on. We got to talk to Wack. Yeah. Nah, G, that's Wack. We mm-hmm. need to talk to you. You people should be able to come to you. You don't. You what's Charlamagne say? You ain't seen your paperwork. Yeah. Like. And like for me, that was just like wow. Like oh, you haven't. Wow. Like, and, it, and like that that really brought like for me that's that the question I ask is who is around you. That's what I was just like, about to say. It even makes me question you. the people yeah. that's around you. Who would like, let you sign a contract, a legal document that is enforceable by law? That now is not only like, okay, well, now you got to make music and blah, blah. But once again, like, we're going back to what we talked about. You're now giving them the rights to all of your music that you now create, that you've created and will create in the future for a certain period of time. And you don't even know who has it. You don't even know who own it. You don't even know who to sue. Yeah, you don't even know who to sue. If something right, you don't even know who to to contact about checking the books. Yeah. Because you don't even know who you sign with. And that's crazy. And you know what else? I'm going to tell you. A lot of times when people cry wolf, they really need to look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Because ten years from now, if we see him on TV and he crying wolf, I'm gonna all 
going to be thinking about is that Breakfast Club interview. Like, no, boo, you did this to yourself. Absolutely. You, so, you're the reason for this situation. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of times, you know, a lot of artists want to blame the label for the situations that they're in. But sometimes, and I mean, this is just us being real, giving to you, you know, the cold hard truth. A lot of times it comes down to the artist just not having been educated and not having taken the time to really know what their deal was that they were signing because it sounded like a good deal at the time. You know, they heard... Oh, I'm gonna give you five millions in, in you know, in an advance, and then they're like, "Oh, just sign on the dotted line. I got you. Like, I'm with it. You know, and now then I'm that five, five million, yeah. they recouping, mm-hmm. they recouping out of every little dime, every show you make, every everything. You ain't seeing no money for six, seven years to come because that five million ain't coming back to them fast. Yeah. Or, you don't know. or the five million is five million that goes to recording your first album. And the rest is all you get really in in advance. Yeah, you know. Exactly. So I mean, like, and recording fees could yeah. be crazy. It so, could well, be. We know for real. You know, you're trying you to get, go like Kanye and get what was it for the album cover? Listen, some crazy, crazy mouth. Mouth. Are you yeah. heard that Whitney Houston, yeah. Eric, which was kind of yeah. disrespectful. Yeah, from they but you know, but they they sold him that photo. So yeah. you know, money talk. I know Randy always be saying money and everything, but I always well, be saying money is everything. That's because I, you know, I, I like my artistry and my yeah, creativity. I'm about to do. that's what you. That's why I'm, so. that's, we got the perfect, I'm big business about yep. it. Like, this is the real American way. We said teamwork makes the dream work. Break the bag. <laughs> what you talking about, money ain't everything. Money is everything. <laughs> what you mean? I almost cussed. <laughs> I almost cussed. <laughs> yeah. Keep this PG, yeah, though, I gotta so, keep it, you know. Advertising. You know. In the future. If you exactly. want to advertise, let us know. Yeah, definitely beats, promos. If you yeah. have your little art images to pop in between, we got yeah, y'all. So we get real creative. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? With no curse words, though. But in my mind, just know I'm cussing up a storm right now. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Any, um, anyways, though, but one thing I do think that we should talk about, just like as a little segue, is how Jay Z has really been stepping in. Absolutely, for a lot yeah. of people, like he got Twenty One Savage, unimmigrant, de- yeah, deported yeah. or whatever. Like the they was about to kick him out of the yeah. country, but nope, Jay Z right on time. And Jay Z with the legal team, though, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, with the team, like that's that's really what. Once again, coming in with the team and just understanding that you can't do everything by yourself. So you know, Jay Z with Lil Uzi brought in Rock Nation to then represent Lil Uzi Vert um, as his manager. With 21, he came in with the legal team to help him out with the immigration with stuff. With Mill, he came yeah, down with the legal sure team. Did. I think somebody else was saying something about they had a tax issue. And, I and he it. had helped them out of like a tax situation or whatever. He be, he be showing up for people. And you know what else that come to, too? I want to say this. A lot of times in like the rap industry, especially, a lot of the people who you signing with and you doing business with, a lot of times they live illicit lifestyles. I'm going to just be blunt. I know it'd be a lot of drug dealers and scammers starting labels regularly. You know what I'm saying? Don't underestimate the intelligence of those people because of what they do. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Because Jay-Z has been able to transition himself out of that space of some corner hustler block boy into a billionaire. And that's because it takes a lot of business savvy and a lot of common sense to be able, mixed in with street smarts, to be able to run those illicit businesses and those people just transfer those skills over. That's why I really believe that we have so many like super talented other... entrepreneurs out here. But I, I definitely don't even do. Get me started on that, but like, yeah, I think we just there's so many selling drugs is yeah, hard. It is. It I want to say that it takes a very savvy business mind. I don't. I don't. I know I don't have what it takes. Not at all. I, that's you're me. really running a startup mm-hmm. and people a person who turned a drug empire 
into a million dollar operation, that person is smart. If you could think about that in the context of creating Google or creating Amazon or creating whatever, it's just the underworld version. Mm -hmm. These people are really smart. So when you dealing with somebody from around your neighborhood, around your way, who is in that illicit lifestyle, who's trying to break into the music industry, because there are a lot of people like that, don't underestimate them either. Mm -hmm. Especially when they're coming from the point of view of a label. Don't think that they haven't done their research and know exactly what they want to get out of it. Which they want to exploit the composition. Yes, exactly. They want to exploit the talent. So don't think that you want to get by just because they're smaller because, you know, there's someone from the neighborhood. They, they have done their work. You know, they're looking into it as well. And so when you do, once again, as I said before, you have to make sure that you are consulting an attorney who is experienced and in this industry and who knows what they need to look for. Yeah, no, you definitely need to consult somebody who's in this industry who knows what they need to look for. You definitely need to be on your P's and Q's and making sure that you understand what the label has to do. Yes. What your rights are when it comes to, no, I want this music to be put out. Because you could be in a position where you really want the music to be put out, but you don't have any power, Mm -hmm. any say, because you've signed it all the way. So that's something for you to be thinking about when you're making the moves that you're making. Yeah, so for instance, just, you know, the last point, you know, for instance, if they keep the album on the shelf, do you have a clause in your album that says, hey, or in your contract that says, hey, if it's been on the shelf for three years, I get that back free and clear. Or 90 days. Yeah, for real. whatever. 90 days. If you're not putting it out in 90 days, run it back. Yeah. Because I put it out myself. Or I do X, Y, Z. You need to negotiate something like that. Obviously, if you don't have much bargaining power in 90 days, probably yeah, not going to happen probably not 90 days. But... A year. Yeah. A year is more Whatever than enough time. Like, and an oh. attorney will be able to do that for you. They'll be able to know, okay, well, hey, you know, this is what you're at. This is where artists similar to you were able to do. This is what I can get for you. This is what, you know. I have a relationship yeah, exactly. with these people. And relationships is everything. Everything. And for your lawyer to have a relationship with the lawyer from Sony or the lawyer from Rock Nation or the lawyer from wherever, because at the end of the day, egos and personalities and all that stuff might be involved on the outer surface, but on the inside and at the core of these situations, lawyers is moving behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, everybody want to make money and everybody know that it's a lot of money to be made when people want to do business. So when people want to do business, lawyers is going out of their way to make sure that their client get what they want. And a part of what their client wants is to sign this deal. Yes. So I'm going to protect my client in the best way that I can, but I know my client wants to sign this deal. I know that it's things that my client is willing to give on and it's things my client ain't willing to give on. Just like you know it's things your client is willing to give on and ain't willing to give on. And a lot of times lawyers can come into a space and get along just fine, have great conversation, get the job done, and make sure that everybody getting what they want. Yeah. Even, even in hostile situations, a lot of times you'll see at the end of a big hard case, opposing counsels will shake hands because for us, it's just business. We're not as attached to the situation as the people who are making the music and the people who putting the music out and stuff. We could just get to the nitty gritty of the business. Okay. X, Y, and Z is what you want. Z, Y, X is what she wants. Let's, Let's make this out. happen. Yep. Let's mm-hmm. see where we can, who can give, who can get. Let's get this pushing. Cause I'm trying to collect my check. You trying to collect yours? Okay. Let's let the let's let the copies start flying back and forth. Yep. Because that's really and that's really what we are. I mean, obviously we're not. We're not (laughs) Not lawyers lawyers yet. And this is an educational program for educational purposes. But that's what lawyers are. They deal makers. Mm -hmm. We deal makers. And when deals go bad, 
we problem solvers. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's that's what it comes down to. So we want to do business. Y'all want to do business? We want to do business. A whole bunch of money changing hands. You always see a whole bunch of lawyers around. Yep. It's a or reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> With, that's what the main thing that wanted, made me want to be an attorney. I know this is going to sound so shallow. I know people have their, I want to do civil rights, X, Y, Z. And I commend y'all. But the thing that made me want to be a lawyer was that what I realized is whenever large amounts of money changes hands, there is a swarm of lawyers around. <laughs> like, and that's and I wanted to be a part of the swarm. Like, I wanted to be in the hive, okay? Like, and for oh. me, you know, at the end of the day, as an artist, around artists, I just saw that a lot of artists don't think about these things. And that lawyers do, you know? Yeah. And that lawyers are the ones, like, for me, I want to be the type of person who I can protect you on what you're doing to make sure that when there are the swarms of lawyers around, you're getting your cut. Because, and, and she's the person who's thinking, so what happens if they breach? Exactly. What if they don't send this? Mm-hmm. Or what if you want that? Or what if he wants this? You know, I'm, you be thinking in the perfect terms, like, oh, everything's so happy. <laughs> we're doing business. Like, yeah. yeah, well, what if we stop exactly. being happy? Mm-hmm. Then where do we go? What courtroom will we have to go to? Exactly. I'm going to put this arbitration clause in here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put that in there. I'm going to make sure we don't got to go to court. I'm going to keep legal fees to a minimum. You know yeah. what I mean? Like on the, the contract <laughs> yeah. side of it. Yeah. On my side, I'm like, yeah, let's run up the bill of hours. <laughs> <laughs> let's run them up. Yeah. So, so basically, you know, like that's all I really have to say on this. I mean, we said a lot. Yeah. But um, it's definitely, you know, drop a comment. Let us know if there's anything in particular, any type of clauses or contracts or terms that you want us to cover in another episode or on our blog which is on the driplist.com we're starting to post a little bit more on that one too so you guys can you know find more content there Definitely. um but then until next time don't, don't miss, miss the drip, drip.